Ten Boom, she is famous for coining the phrase, the safest place is in found in the center of God's will. The safest place is found in the center of God's will. Sometimes people take that, though, and they, they think, well, if you're in God's will, you're bulletproof. That is not true. That's not necessarily the case. Where it's important to be is found in God's will, period. Amen? But it doesn't mean that troubles and trials are not going to come. She knew what it meant to follow Jesus into dangerous circumstances and as a result suffer the consequences. You know, her her famous book, The Hiding Place, tells about how her and her family rescued nearly 800 Jews by being a part of an underground network of safe houses. But just after midnight on February the 28th, 1944, the German Gestapo busted into her home and arrested the entire family. Shortly after, her 84-year-old father would die in prison. And Corey and her sister ended up in a concentration camp where her sister would die within a year. She watched her sister die with these words upon her lips. There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. Those are powerful words. The powerful testimony. The safest place is in the center of God's will. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about would uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say that, you know? I believe that they would. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you remember, they they were threatened for their life if they refused to bow down to the image of Nebuchadnezzar. They would be thrown into the fire. And they simply testified, we are not going to bow down. You can throw us in that fire if you want to, and we believe that God will deliver us. Because in their own words, I can paraphrase it like this, the safest place is to be in God's will. We're not going to sin against God. We're not going to turn against our God. We're going to trust our Lord to deliver us. But if he chooses not to deliver us, just let it be known. We are not going to bow down to that image. No matter what, good or bad, we're going to walk with the Lord. I think of Joseph there in the book of Genesis. You know, it was, it was in Genesis chapter 50, uh, looking at hindsight, it was testified that God meant it unto good to save many alive. It was God's will for him to go through all of that suffering to get to a place where he could save thousands. But while he's going through that, you wonder, is he in God's will? Why would these things be happening? He never sinned against God. He kept his testimony all along the way when others would have fell short. I think of the Apostle Paul who said in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, in prison he writes, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Right? Just because we're in the will of God and just because we're living right, doesn't mean that difficulties and trials and hurts and pains will not come. But what we do have 
is the promise in Matthew 28 and verse number 20 where Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We find that promise in the Word of God. So no matter what it is we're going through, no matter what we're facing, we still can go forward with the same promise. God is going to be there through it. He's going to walk with us through that. Well, as we continue on in this chapter, we're going to see some things. Just because Jesus pulls up to Paul in the nighttime after he'd been threatened and all of these things and he'd been beaten and he's been basically almost torn in half by his accusers. And Jesus comes and stands by him and he says, Be of good cheer, Paul. And he goes on in verse 11 and tells him this wonderful promise. As thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Boy, that's a powerful word. Jesus is saying, you're not going to die in Jerusalem. You're going to get all the way to Rome. And so as we get through, I want you to remember that as we travel along the rest of the book of Acts. Because when he gets to the end, he makes it to Rome. And he's going to face a lot more trials. He's going to face shipwreck. He's going to face many other storms. He's going to get bit by that viper, you know. He's going to face a number of things. But all along the way, he has the promise. When everyone else is fearing for their life, Paul has the promise from Jesus You're going to testify of me in Rome. And he trusts in that. He puts his faith in that. And he's going to walk with the Lord. Someone once said, no servant of God dies a premature death. God knows. God knows where you are. God knows what you're going through and God sees you. And in that sense, Carrie, we can keep going forward. We can keep marching forward because our life is in the hand of God. Amen? And, and if, if God be for, uh, for us, who can be against us? God's in control of it. Man is not in control of it. And that is the testimony that we get as we read through the remainder of this chapter. So follow along with me here as we start in verse number 12. Because yes, Jesus stood by Paul. And yes, he told him to take courage. He's going to face some more things. But he could be of good cheer as he goes through those things. But his accusers, his enemies, those who oppose him, they still have their own plans. And in verse 12, And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. Do you you understand this, Brandon? It's not just God's people who are dedicated, right? It's not just God's people. There are plenty of people in this world who are devoted to their cause, right? They will die, they will give everything. And so here are these individuals who make this vow, the Bible says curse, that they will not eat or drink until Paul is dead. And in verse 13, and they were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great curse that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Now therefore, ye with the council signify to the chief captain that he bring him down unto you tomorrow, as though you would inquire something more perfectly concerning him. And we, or ever he come near, are ready to kill him. They've got their plan. Paul is going to lose his life. 
Can I just say this? The devil's got his plan to mess up your testimony. People, people know how to try to put things in your path to mess up your testimony. Daniel, you remember Daniel uh, in, in, in his letter? Do you remember him uh, praying to his God? And uh, everybody, his accusers try to find fault with him. They try to find uh, ways to, to, uh, uh, to, to come to the king and say, listen, Daniel's a fake, he's a fraud, but they couldn't find anything. Daniel's testimony was always true. And so eventually they had to conspire with the king and they, they made a testimony and they, they made a law. They got the king to make a law that no man could petition anyone except for the king. And there was Daniel. They decided the only way we can get to Daniel is through his relationship with his God. And it didn't stop Daniel. Daniel was still morning, noon, and night opening up his window toward Jerusalem and praying to his God. What would it take, what would it take for you to stumble? What would it take for something to get in your way to cause you to fall? They conspired. They had a plan. This is what you do. We promise we're going to kill him. We're not going to eat or drink. All 40 of us guys right here. We're going to take down Paul as soon as we can. But God still sees. And in verse 16, and when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying and wait. Now who was Paul's sister's son? We don't know anything about his family until verse 16. We don't know anything about his sister we don't know anything about his nephew. We don't know their background. All we know is this. He was at the right place at the right time. And when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul. And Paul called one of the centurions unto him and said, Bring this young man unto the chief captain, for he hath a certain thing to tell him. So he took him. And he brought him to the chief captain and said, Paul the prisoner, I think of him as Paul the preacher. But he also had the nickname that Paul the prisoner called me unto him and prayed me to bring this young man unto thee who has something to say unto thee. Then the chief captain took him by the hand and went with him aside privately and asked him, what is that that thou hast to tell me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to desire thee that thou wouldest bring him down, bring down Paul tomorrow into the council as though they would inquire somewhat of him more perfectly. But do not thou yield unto them, for there lie in wait for him of them more than forty men which have bound themselves with an oath, that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now are they ready, looking for a promise from thee. So the chief captain then let the young man depart and charged him, See thou tell no man that thou hast showed these things to me. God has a way, doesn't he? It may not be your closest Christian brother or sister. You know, the person that you call in the difficult times and say, hey, would you pray for me? It might not be them who God's going to use to help you. It may be a child. It may be a young child who comes to your aid. It may be the centurion who is watching you day and night. It may be the captain of the Roman guard. It may be him. It may be someone that you would least expect. The point is tonight is God sees exactly where you are. 
Amen? So whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever trial it is that you're having to deal with, God sees that. God sees that. And, and, and the way he gets you through that, it may not be in a customary way that you think it's going to happen. But God sees where you are. And he puts the right people at the right time to help and meet your need. And so Claudius Lysias, as we're going to see his name show up finally here in just a few verses, he tells that young boy, he says, listen, go, I want you to go, and go back to you where you came from, but be sure you don't tell anybody. Because God's going to use this guy to come up with, a, uh, with, a, uh, with an opportunity himself, a plan himself. So let's read it. And he called him two uh, centurions, verse 23, saying, Make ready 200 soldiers to go to Caesarea, and horsemen threescore and ten, and spearmen 200 at the third hour of the night. If you do the math, that's 470 guys. I think he's ready for them, don't you? 470 of them are gathered together, and they're leaving the third hour of the night, which will be 9 p.m., and he says, provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe unto Felix, the governor. And he wrote a letter after this manner. Claudius Lysias, unto the most excellent governor Felix, sendeth greeting. This man was taken of the Jews and should have been killed of them. Then came I with an army and rescued him, having understood that he was a Roman. It's amazing how we'll always make ourselves look better than we really are, right? This man was about to be killed, but I and my army, we came and rescued him. And he also throws in a lie. Did you catch that? He threw in a lie at the end, and he says we went and rescued him because we understood he was a Roman. No, he did not. He did not know that till after the fact. He makes himself look better than he really is. There's a lie in the Bible right there, right? He, he, says, he says, we understood that he was a Roman. I just read to you this morning at the end of chapter 22. They were about to scourge him. They were about to whip him and beat him as they examined him because they just thought he was a, well, at one time he thought he was an Egyptian murderer. He had his opinion of who he was. He didn't know who he was. When he found out he was a Roman citizen, he got nervous and scared. But he puts in this letter, we understood that he was a Roman, so... So, your excellent governor, most excellent governor, we rescued him. Yeah, that's Facebook right there. It always looks better than it really is. Verse 28, and when I would have known the cause whereof they accused him, I brought him forth into their council. That's where we was this morning. Whom I perceived to be accused of questions of their law, but to have nothing laid to his charge worthy of death. Or of bonds. There, there is someone who is looking at it from the outside. And you know what he says? I couldn't find anything wrong with him. I couldn't, think, I couldn't find anything that he did wrong. They wanted to kill him. I couldn't find any reason for him to die. You know what Felix is going to find out? He couldn't find any reason for him to die. Then Festus is going to come in. And Festus is going to question him, and he's going to, have the, he's going to have the accusers come, and he's going to find no reason for him to die. King Agrippa is going to hear him. King Agrippa II and his wife Drusilla, and King Agrippa II is going to say, I can't find any. He should be let loose. 
But Paul appealed to Caesar, so they're going to send him on to Caesar. Nobody could find fault with him. But God uses this to get him to where he wants to be. Amen? God sees him. God knows where he is. And there's, there's times where people say some ugly things about you. And there's times where people do some ugly things to you. But always remember, you're not in it alone. Jesus is standing right there. He knows where you are. He knows who you are. And he knows where he's trying to get you to. Don't ever forget that. God's got a plan. God's got a path to get us there. Well, he sends that letter. There's that alarm. Praise God. Praise the Lord. It is seven, it is, it is seven o'clock. All right. I don't know who it is. I don't mean to embarrass you. I'm just having fun. Okay. All right. So he says, verse, uh, where am I at? Verse 30. And when it was told me how that the Jews laid wait for the man, I sent straightway to thee and gave commandment to his accusers also to say before thee that they had against him. Farewell. Then the soldiers, as it was commanded them, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. It's about 65 miles from Jerusalem to Caesarea. Come with me in January and I'll take you to Caesarea. We will stand in the amphitheater. We will see the Mediterranean Sea. We will see the aqueduct that the Romans got the water into that place. Herod built that city. It's a, it's a very unique place. And I'll even let you stand right where Paul testified to Agrippa. It's a cool thing. Well, he's on his way. It's 65 miles from Jerusalem to uh, Caesarea. They go to uh, that city, Antipatris. Um, I didn't say that right. But it's about 37 miles. I'm going to tell you something. They had to get with it to march 37 miles in one night. They traveled 37 miles, and on the morning, on the morrow, they left the horsemen to go with him and returned to the castle. Who, when they came to Caesarea and delivered the epistle to the governor, presented Paul also before him. And when the governor had read the letter, he asked of what province he was. And when he understood that he was of Cilicia, I will hear thee, said he, when thine accusers are also come. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's judgment hall. And there he'll stay for a few years. And we'll get into that in the next message in chapter 24. I studied this passage God didn't give me an outline to preach tonight. Sometimes God's word is just enough. What we see tonight is this. Just because God is with us and just because we're in the center of God's will does not mean that difficulties is not going to come. And I mean some very hardships. They'll come. But I still believe in the promise, as Corey Ten Boom once said, the safest place is in the center of God's will. Because I'd rather go in the storm with God by my side. I'd rather stand in the fire and see the fourth man. I'd rather be praying to my God while my accusers are there than to be going through the fire all by myself. Amen. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people do it. 
have this, have this blessed promise tonight. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever is ahead, God sees you. God's got a plan. He's got a path. He'll get you to where he wants you to be. And we have to trust him all along the way. Amen? Because sometimes, BJ, sometimes where we get to is not what we prayed for. Can all God's people say amen to that? Let's understand this tonight. Let's be real tonight. Sometimes where God gets us to is not where we pray to be. It's not what we expect it to be. And sometimes it's going to be a lot of heartache. But it's better to walk with God to get there than it is to go your own way without him. Let's have our pianist come. Father, thank you for tonight.